So, welcome to another episode of the Squire Empire Podcast. I have my man TJ here. How are you doing today, man? Chilling, man. Glad to be a part of this project. Talking to the homie John, so, yep. Cool, man. So, thanks for taking the time. Uh, how's how's today going for you for so far? Uh, it's not so bad. Um, big thing going on, like, right now is getting ready to enter into fatherhood, so... That's taking up pretty much all my free time, all my you know free mental capacity. Um, mm-hmm. Along with that, just rehabbing a, an ankle injury, day by day, man. So this is your first kid. What, what was that? This is your first kid. Yeah, first kid. Okay, man. Do you know what it is already? Yeah, uh, we actually found out um, on our last little, I guess, vacay to Guam. We found out we're having a baby boy. Um, pretty excited about that. Oh, shoot. Well, congratulations. How do you feel about that, man? It's good. Um, super exciting. I mean, it's as cliche as everyone says, like the rush of nerves. You think you want to be as ready as you can be, but you're never going to be ready. Um, it's a good feeling, though. You know, we've been you know, wanting to have a part of our family for a while. And then I'm the only boy in my family, so I'm carrying on the family name for like, no, no okay. problem for me. Man, that's awesome. Have you always wanted to have kids? Yeah, figured, you know, going down like the, I guess the traditional route, right? You know, uh, get married, have a kid. You know, we always kind of had idea of maybe having like one, maybe two max. Um, not trying to raise a whole home or anything, but <laughs> not like back in awesome. the day when like, our parents would have like, you know, Four, five, six, seven, just popping them out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. Like my dad, he's uh he's one of ten, so I definitely know what you're saying. And then my mom is like one of two, so definitely different generations like that. So um, you said you're married. Yeah. Um, married to my wife for going on seven years now. Couldn't be happier. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, appreciate it. Man, that's dope. So like, when you when you think about like how you've gotten here, what do you think is like a lot of things that have led you to get to where you're at at this point in life? Um, uh, a lot of factors, man. I like to attribute a lot of who I am to you know my surrounding influences. So obviously my upbringing, my my parents, the way they they brought me up, instilled a lot of um, you know like. Uh, life like values core values are um, that's a big thing um and then also like i also got to give a nod to like i've been involved in martial arts like pretty much my whole life various forms so the self-discipline self-control aspect of that um the humbleness and then last part probably like just my exposure to like, the hip-hop culture to be honest. um listening to I don't want to put a label on it and say like the lyrical or like the conscious style rap, but something that kind of just got my mind going a little bit more than you know, other genres. And okay. I've been from a young age up until now. Okay, dope. You know, I definitely 
I definitely have a large catalog of music all over the place. So I know like when I switched over from CDs to Spotify, I definitely realized how much more music there was out there. So I definitely know what you're saying. So um, so what you said kind of like brought, so you're talking about like your upbringing and martial arts and things like that, being a new dad. Like what does, when you think about legacy now that that's like a, a way different, I'm assuming you have a way different look of it now that, you're about to be a dad, you know, here in a little bit. Like, what does legacy mean to you at this point? Yeah. Bringing in, like, the father aspect, it definitely changed a few things. Like, before that, I don't want to say necessarily, like, I was living for myself, but I would kind of look at legacy as, like, what could I personally leave as, like, a parent, like, in the world or, like, um, or what have you. But now I'm kind of thinking about legacy of, how am I gonna like, leave a mark or affect like the people in my circle? Not just not just in my inner circle, but I want to kind of like leave a, a lasting impression and not not forcibly, but around everyone I come in contact with, um, whether it's good or bad. You know, I'm not gonna be able to you know appease everyone, but I want to. I'm gonna base my life on um, my interactions with other people. That's dope. So you said you do uh, martial arts. Like, what type of martial arts are you doing currently? Uh, currently, right now, it's mainly just jujitsu. Um, been on the shelf for maybe like two or three months now. Um, but prior to that, I've kind of dabbled on a lot of different styles. So everything from Filipino martial arts, uh, weapon-based, um, empty hand, um, a lot of different grappling styles, catch wrestling, wrestling. Um, any submission based grappling art, um, traditional boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, um, some sea lot. Um, Never heard of that one. That's a new one on me. Yeah, that's um, Southeast Asia, Indonesia. Okay. So I mean, the way like my my initial coach and my uncle kind of like raised me into martial arts is that. Not to get so much focused on like the name or like the systems or whoever the head instructor guru is. Like, if it works in that situation, it works. And then you blend everything, pick and choose, uh, throw out what doesn't work, and make it to your own style. You know, that's like the, the Jeet Kune Do philosophy, right? That Bruce philosophy. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how it starts. Okay. And, and it's, it's interesting because the first thing that comes to my mind is like some of, I think, the musical geniuses that we've seen are doing the same thing, taking bits and pieces of inspiration and and uh, characteristics of different things they grew up around and really trying to make in their own, their own way. Yeah, uh, sure. how, yeah go ahead. Oh, no, uh, going off that. Um, they say like nothing's new under the sun. Everyone's picking and borrowing from everyone, just innovating, right? Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been doing jujitsu since that's like kind of like the the hot thing that's got most of your focus right now? Um, I want to say maybe since like 2004, five, but mm-hmm. um, it's been like an on and off ride. You know, my hits, so you guys do what you gotta do come back the master role is going to be there just take care of you know your own thing and get back to it when you're ready okay um there's a belt system in jiu-jitsu isn't there yeah yeah okay um what so what belt are you in uh, jiu-jitsu at this point 
So I'm a blue belt or stripe. I actually um, just received my stripes, my last couple stripes, right like maybe a couple weeks prior to my injury. So gaining a lot of momentum. Um, and then uh, unfortunately, you know, had an injury. So injury is a part of the sport, part of life, but uh, one must go on. And for that, you know, from 2005 up until now, you know, it's a good amount of time. So I can't say like I focus all my efforts into jujitsu. Went back and forth, the other competitions, but I'm happy where I'm at. I think um, I think a new philosophy for like the the belt system in jujitsu also is like you know not getting hung up on like what color the belt is or how many pieces of tape you got on your thing. You know, if you can hang, if you can, you know, roll with some of the other people or, or some of the higher belts and you got something that you can offer. Another big thing too is like being able to, being able to and wanting to learn from everyone, you know. I don't want to say that's maybe like a newcomer, or a newcomer mindset, but I think that's helped me to progress to where I'm at. I feel like I can, you know, I'll probably get smashed by like a black belt or like, you know, any like premier you know, grappler, but I feel like I can hold my own. And... Okay, that's dope. And you know, it's like, I think from what I understand about martial arts and things like that, like there's a lot of legacy that goes within that system too, right? About kind of like who gives you your stripes and belts and things like that, right? Yeah. So, do you remember, like, when you got your blue belt? Was that, like, a, a big, like, milestone for you? It's kind of weird, man. Like, my first coach in, like, a lot of martial arts was my uncle. And and I say uncle a little loosely because, like, in Filipino culture, pretty much anyone, like, that's also Filipino that's older than you, you know, you mm. have to call him auntie and uncle, right? So, my uncle which happened to be like a family friend. He lived down the street from me at my parents' house. And then um, one day I was always involved in like athletics or uh, sports or something, pretty active kid. Uh, my dad just came home from work and just said, hey, go down the street, couple houses down the block, the garage is open, just tell him that you're Thompson. No other further introduction or introduction. And I walk in, and it's like a whole garage-style dodo, right? It's all matted up, you know, the typical, like, jiu-jitsu room that you see now. Mats everywhere, some striking gear, and I just said, hey, you know, my dad sent me down here, don't really know what's going on. And I started training with Moggle ever since. Um, I don't want to, I feel like he didn't really promote at, like, the traditional pace, you know, because... I was kind of a white belt for a while, but mm-hmm. I had some, you know, relative success. And then X amount of years later, he just kind of gave me my blue belt. It wasn't any like graduate ceremony. No one was slapping me, walking across like you know the garage. No gauntlet for you. No gauntlet, nothing. <laughs> uh, but I kind of liked it that way. It was because it was uh, it was unique to just like our environment. And at first, you know, when I got the belt, I was like, oh, oh shit, like, uh, I don't know if I'm crazy. You're good, you're like, good. I don't know, like, am I deserving of this and whatnot, but he would 
say like I'm bringing it around to like a lot of these other, you know, real or like pro camps, schools, whatever, and tournaments, and you know, you're holding your own. So leave it at that. Don't get caught up again. Like don't get caught up on the belt. Just focus on what you can improve daily. And that's my blue belt promotion. So you said you got so you got your just so I can make sure I got it. You got it from your uncle. You said. I got it from my uncle, so he is like a black belt. Um, okay. Yeah, he so he got his black belt under Casio Wernick, and then I think that lineage, if you want to follow all that, it goes down from like I don't know, like the Machado brothers. He kind of trained mm-hmm. everyone, but so I got my blue belt from him, and then I got my four stripes on it since being here in Masawa from Professor Ed. I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to come over here. I understand, I understand. So, I would I would guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I would say a big inspiration for your future martial arts career would just be the fact that you have a belt that you receive from like a family member. I would I would imagine that has to hold like a special place in your, you know, in your future journey, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess since I got it from my uncle, um, a lot of like the life lessons that he taught me that I kind of, at the time I thought it was just martial arts, like, you know, chit chat, but I've kept it with me ever, like, ever since to this day. So as I progress in like, you know, jujitsu or, you know, life, I always try and think about like, you know, how am I, kind of instilling like that work ethic and like all those core values that he taught me into into what I'm doing now like you know in a sense like I kind of look at him and my uncle as like you know pretty much like a father figure so I want to do mm. make him proud I want to do right by him and he's never asked me he never pressured me to do anything you know along those lines but I think I feel like to me yeah I owe it to him to, I owe it to myself to him. Awesome, you know, one thing that um, that, that came to my mind is just like, I remember um, when I got my blue belt, like my instructor said, he's like, hey, you need to make sure that you could be able to, if your head was underwater, you need to be able to say your instructor's name. And I, and I think that kind of goes to what you're saying is like, the person who had like that much like pride and and trust in who you are to be able to like pass their lineage onto you that you should be able to say their name with pride because they felt enough pride in who you were to pass that on you know does that does that make sense yeah for sure yeah so like um so outside of like martial arts like what other things do you feel like kind of like inspire you or kind of like like kind of drive you outside of like martial arts because i mean that's definitely a, a very strenuous thing and like you like you alluded to earlier like sometimes your body has to be on the men so like what other things kind of keep you going yeah um I, I guess my competitive side came from martial arts and then prior to that i was always just a pretty competitive person so um probably my involvement in athletics kind of kind of kept me going with that like inner push i've always been the type of guy where i don't stay stagnant for too long 
Like I always want to be doing something, um, whether it's directly related to like a hobby or like a, a competition or a sport that I'm in right now, or whether it's, you know, I got to finish this house project or I got to, you know, put together this piece of furniture. Like I get um, idle hands and busy, so I always want to stay busy. <laughs> um, other things that drive me, um, that's the initial question, yeah? Yeah, just kind of like what things are like, like, do you find like inspirational, like driving you, motivating you to kind of keep going? You know, I think I think martial arts, I think for you is a very clear one, especially because you have your family, you know, like in there and you've been doing it since such a, a, a early age. So it makes a lot of sense. But like, what about the things outside of martial arts? Outside. The way I kind of like wanted to do right and like pay respects and homage to my coach, definitely want to do the same thing like tenfold for my parents. Um, mm. So they, my parents, like they're born in the Philippines. They they had that third world lifestyle. They found an opportunity to come to the states and make a life for themselves and you know live that you know, American money and everything, and they work, like, ridiculously hard to provide for, you know, myself and my sister and to make the life that they have now. So, but seeing how struggle and sacrifice just to come here and, and to make it through all the different challenges and hurdles, you know, that's always, like, inspiration for me. On top of, you know, like, in addition to, like, my parents, like, also, like, my family now. You know, I want to, I want to be able to, um, you know, I want to inspire, I want to like inspire and motivate my wife too. So I want to make sure that like I'm doing the right things and I'm trying to always have a positive mindset on what, whatever I'm going through and for sure to be the best that she can be and whatever she's doing. And then now I got a son on the way for sure. Got her. Got a the way and like I'm gonna steer him the right course and teach him some good values so yeah I would say that hope is is uh I think you're underselling yourself I mean I think it's in your DNA I mean I mean I think I don't think there's a lot of people that you could look at in martial arts history where the whole lineage of family trains and they're not good people and their kids, you know, when you look at like the McKenzie Derns of the world and things like that, like that stuff is in your DNA. So I know you'll, you'll do great at it for sure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like when when you think about like, so like martial arts is, is a big piece of your life and your family. And it sounds like there's a lot of different things that are like your core, like foundations of uh, who you are and what like gets you up in the morning. But like, what what type of things do you have that you like adhere to, to like, I guess, keep yourself healthy and keep yourself mentally checked in? Like, do you like, like watch your nutrition? Are you spiritual? What, what type of things go into that for you? Um, I mean, I try and practice like, a healthy lifestyle in all aspects physical mental you know uh spiritual and whatnot i can't say like you know everyone's i guess path and like trying to find like spiritual health it's different for everyone i can't say i'm mm-hmm. um religious but 
at the same token, like, I know I have good faith. So that might be like a contraindication for some people, but I, I look at it in a different way. Like I believe in, you know, the golden rule, the golden rule right by others, the way that you want things to be done to you. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, just trying to be as optimistic, but with like a sense of realism, right? Like, you know, like life's gonna throw shit at you, but how yeah. can you make? How can you like take that inopportune moment and like find like any little piece of like, positivity in it? You know, I don't want to spend too much of my own energy um, just dwelling on things. Silver lining. So that's like, kind of my approach to the mental. Um, I guess the mental health approach. Um, from the physical standpoint, um, you know, I'm a pretty active guy. Outside of martial arts, um, I've always been involved in athletics. And that kind of pushed me to pursue a career in uh, kinesiology and sports medicine. Okay. So I actually, I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology exercise science, and that was kind of stemmed from if I'm going to be involved in like, you know, active lifestyle, I might as well learn like the best ways to, up, you know, maintain myself instead of looking to get uh, get help from others. Not that I'm not, you know, um, open to like hearing other people's perspectives on like new rehab programs or strength conditioning, but I figure I might as well get smart on it and kind of take it from there. Awesome. I want to kind of circle back to something that you said that I I totally agree with. And that's just sometimes it's so hard for people to realize that just acting in good faith, I feel like it gets you so far. Just being like genuine and just being transparent about what you're trying to do. You know, there's all that uh, saying, I know know you've heard it a thousand times. It's kind of like if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. Right. So I think um, a lot of times it would be so much easier if people just like would just make their intentions very clear and just act within good faith. I don't think that, you know, uh, it has to be so religious and so like overbearing. It could just be like, just be a good person. Like you said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think as, as both of us as people who like train martial arts, you know, uh, definitely <laughs> sometimes roles can get kind of intense and crazy, but you have to like respect your, he's like, if you can, I think I think you could agree with this. If you can respect your training partner in an intense role, it's a lot easier to respect another person like walking down the street, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. No, during the like during a role, there's so much like so much stuff going on. It gets intense, you know, you give one little push, they're gonna wanna push back. But at the end of the day, you know, you're not trying to kill each other, you know, especially in the training room. You're not you're not getting a belt, you're not getting paid for this, so no need to like go 100 and let's just feed off each other and try to learn and if you're you know if you're able to kind of approach training like that training with people or like in a sport where you're physically trying to strangle someone or break someone's arm like if you can stay cool calm and collected in that you kind of approach life life's problems you know like not really that big of a deal yeah, and I, I, I think that's just something I know. I know for me personally, I, I've been working at, you know, I say probably once a week, I try to just 
like reflect and just trying to be more stoic you know i think people find you more dependable where they can count on your emotional response regardless of the adversity that you're facing in that moment and like you said like sometimes you might be you know on the mats and you have some new person who's going <laughs> going 100 percent, and you have to just be able to say whether there's a skill set difference or not i have to have this person's I have this person's health in in my hands and I have to just handle this without my emotions because then if not then we we both get hurt or or maybe at the end maybe our ego gets hurt you know we just put ourselves in like way more harm's way than we really need to yeah yeah for sure so when you think about like like I think the we, we 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 can sit back and look at life and we can say like you know, it's so important to have good people around, you know, try to eat somewhat healthy, you know, getting proper body hydration and, you know, sleep and all those things. But like, when you look at all those things, those things are all super important, but like, what what's the everything else for you? Like, what is what are the things that you're like, hey, I really need to put my energy here to feel whole and I need to really be protective of my energy in this area. Like, what do those things look like for you? Um, I guess like to touch on like this, the latter part of that, what do I need to be protective of? Sometimes I, I feel like I need to be protective of like when I need to make an opportunity for me to learn. Sometimes I feel like maybe people get so caught up and like always want to like give, 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 but then you're not taking the time to like give or like receive for yourself. And I always like kind of think of the I guess the saying where you need to make sure that you're that you're good enough or not good enough but like you're in a, the right state of mind and that you can be dependable enough to be a help to other people i feel like sometimes people overlook just that that self-improvement like that's um um that need to like want to be better for yourself in order to be even a better help to everyone around you, you know what i'm saying Sometimes like, like for example like on the maps like say like we have x amount of like day one new people of course like i'm gonna a lot of us are gonna want to like take it upon ourselves to like show them the ropes make them feel comfortable and whatnot but we don't we got to find a balance of do we dedicate the whole session to just catering to these people and now like what necessarily did we have it but can we like help them along the way but still like put yourself in like a really bad position where you can learn from the day ones and you can walk away you know with something to gain from that experience too absolutely i i agree with that because you know i think that's probably where i think i've seen the biggest jumps in my game is when when the coach says hey dude, we're going to teach this lesson and you get it if you get it because I think it makes it so the people who show up will get enough reps to get more competent at it. And then the people that, if if you find it too challenging to, to stay consistent enough to, to learn the entire lesson plan, then, you know, maybe this isn't for you. You know, I think it's definitely a journey. And I think that uh, I definitely can agree with what you're saying at my uh, previous um gym that I trained at I was the head instructor for like a, a year and some change 
and I was just given, you know, covering basics and fundamentals. And I thought I was like, man, I thought I'm like really doing well. And then I started seeing like my peers and I was like, wow, there's definitely like a knowledge gap, you know, it, it isn't, it, is, it doesn't mean that you're not putting in goodwill, but like you said, you have to be you know pretty selfish sometimes just and not 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 like selfish like you're getting in someone else's way but you're just making yourself a priority because you know it as a higher belt you absolutely have to develop your skill set so you can have like you were saying earlier to be able to impart more knowledge and more um i guess competency to the people underneath you you know yeah and it also goes like you i guess the selfish approach to, to training is also like, you know, if you have, say, like one really rambunctious individual who gets really physical, and do you always have to like roll that person? Not necessarily. Like sometimes you gotta be selfish or selfish with your training. Where if you if that person asks you to roll, you like, no, nah, I'm gonna sit this one out. Not to like say that you're better or you know too good to roll with them, but it's to save yourself physically to not get injured so you can go to the next practice the next day just being smart about training um i think that that's kind of more in tune with like being selfish just being smarter with like picking and choosing where you put your energy you know is this potentially gonna injure me or you know am i gonna be able to walk away from this and still keep doing my thing yeah like it, it kind of sounds like it comes down to just being like more self-aware you know i mean i think we both have probably been in situations where you were like oh my gosh if i don't turn this way or let this go or do something that i could really really get harmed and then i won't be able to train for a longer period of time so a lot of times i think the thing that I I think I greatly am benefited from is just being able to know when to concede and say, hey, you know what? You got this one. Let's, you know, let's slap tap and let's let's keep it moving because ultimately if you break training partners no differently than with a kid and you break your toys, now you have no toys to play with, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, is there anything else, man? I mean, I feel like you hit all the, the biggest points that I feel like a lot of people could definitely benefit from. I mean, I think it's it's beautiful to see, you know, you got, you got a good marriage, you got a kid on the way, you know, you're um, able to just use that competitive energy that you have to use that for your rehab. I think, I think that's sometimes that you don't see that often as well is sometimes people do so much to destroy their bodies and erect themselves that most people don't take that same discipline and that same focus to their recovery. So, I mean, hearing that you tie in those two things together is really good. And just like, you know, we always say in, you know, martial arts that martial arts is like family, but the fact that your family and your martial arts is such a blended thing, I think that's something that that you know i hope that you can impart that you know within your family and your son as well because i think it's just such a such an important thing to be able to pass those things that are like truly like priceless you know on and everything yeah a lot of like my core values like the whole theme or like a big theme of this whole conversation was you know what do we value from martial arts you know, self-control humbleness 
self-awareness and also like being a protector for people who sometimes can't necessarily protect themselves these are all things that like i want to pass on to my son um and whether or not i'm not gonna force them into like martial arts but i feel like those mindsets can like apply into anything like whether you want to go into the business world or be more creative and get into like I don't know, like creative or like, you know, any different kind of art form. I think those are like strong mindsets to have and that will bring success in like anything that you do. Yeah, I agree. Is there, so since they got a lot of people here listening and you know, is there any quote or saying or something that, that like you think of or you like, do you have any mantras that kind of like, like resonate with you that you could share i got man so many <laughs> but um i guess like one it's like actually like on my um my instagram bio just apply yourself to supply your wealth so just applying yourself to whatever you want to do and that's going to give you more wealth than just monetary gain right i think most people that are listening to this podcast and just between the two of us you know we account wealth to obviously more than just financial. Um, wealth can be health, wealth can be loved ones, companionship, hard work, you know, wealth can be getting on that first place podium, but whatever it is that you're striving for, you obviously gotta apply yourself to it. So if you go into something, have passion, don't half-ass it, you know, you get in what you put in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I think that's something that's really big in my community is like the the tagline is generational wealth, but I think sometimes people struggle to really define what that looks like. And I think it's different for everybody, but I think it kind of goes to what you said earlier. It just comes down to just being genuine and self-aware about and being intentional about what you're doing and having a purpose. And I think as long as you have goodwill and you're intentional, and I guess you're able to be transparent about your shortcomings and your success. I feel like you really can't, you really can't lead anybody, you know, in the wrong direction, you know? Yeah. And like, like a piece of advice, uh, like if I can go back and like, you know, talk to my younger self, <clears throat> like really understand like the, the gravity of like all your actions. Obviously it's easier to like, you know, hindsight, in this 2020 but if you can like take your time before you make a decision or before you have any kind of action and just like think about like who is this gonna like sometimes like the effects aren't just you or that immediate party in front of you or anyone in that vicinity sometimes your con the con or excuse me the consequences of your actions can ripple down to someone you had no idea that would even affect so you know just being more aware of you know what you're doing you know, not to say that you gotta always make calculated decisions because, you know, it's life. You gotta sometimes just take a gamble. But, you know, just take it with some kind of like grain of salt with it and analyze like what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that what you just said, I think. I think the best way to sum it up is just, you know, we, we see certain things in movies and in books, but I think we forget that, you know, a lot of times those things imitate pieces of our life. And the thing that came to my mind is just like the butterfly effect, you know? It's like, I think sometimes 
sometimes in life we just don't know when it's fine to leave well enough alone and sometimes we don't know when we should push ourselves to change to be better and it's just really about trying to find that balance of being able to to recognize the difference so that way you make the change that you really want to see and then sometimes you just need to know when to just sit down sit on your hands and just you know just soak it in you know yep yep Cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Squire Empire podcast. Do you have any socials you want to plug? Anything you want to like leave the listeners with before you head out of here? Yeah. Um, I'm not really too active on social media other than my Instagram. Um, it's at two underscores wolf and then the number three. Um, you'll okay. see pop up Thomas and you'll see apply yourself to some higher wealth right there on the bio. So you'll notice me. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. That's my man TJ there. Thanks for stopping by. Check out his social media. I appreciate your time. And I'll see you on here next time on the Squire Empire podcast. Appreciate it.